Hello and welcome to the Rock and Road podcast, Series 6, Episode 4. There has admittedly been quite a long gap between Episode 3 and 4, but I am back now. I'll explain all later. I've been busy doing a renovation at Brighton Rock House. But on the episode today, you can win a pair of tickets to the London Motorcycle Show with MCN at the London XL Centre. My special guest is Sam Brown, who we know best for her 80s single, Stop. I do a review of the all-new Toyota Hilux, and I try out a new co-host. But first, my special guest. Please welcome to the podcast, Sam Brown. Hi, Sam, how are you? I'm very well, Leon. It's very lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet you as well. I've been playing your, well, particularly your song Stop for years and years um, on our radio station Absolute 80s. And I actually bought that seven inch vinyl and still have it back in the 80s. Wow. Well, you're a girl after my own heart. (laughs) So it's amazing to be able to speak to you. Um, What was it like starting out back then and having that huge success? Um, well, I suppose I'd already been doing music for quite a long time because um, I started working professionally as a backing singer uh, very, very young. But um, I wasn't really very ambitious, actually, Leona. And so, I, you know, the signing a record deal was a means to an end in a way. And um, I, I mean, it was incredible to I, I remember the first time we, we got into the top 10 uh, well actually it was in holland and i'd been doing a bit of pr there in fact i think i'd been doing pr for about two weeks and we went out there and we got off the plane and they went you're number one you're number one except in a dutch accent obviously um and uh, so that was a real thrill and i absolutely was not expecting it at all it was it was fantastic yeah, it must have been so exciting. I mean, your parents or your dad was in show business already. Yeah, yeah. So my dad is uh, Joe Brown. Uh, he's a sort of 60s pop person, you know, mm-hmm. um, be a guitarist and singer um, and personality. And um, so he'd always been touring for as long as I can remember. And mum was a backing vocalist. She mm-hmm. Uh, started off in the late 50s in the Vernon's Girls and went on to sing with T-Rex, Cockney Rebel, um, everyone really. She did all the backing vocal stuff. Wow, so it was kind of inevitable that you would have ended up in music, but I suppose nobody knew you were going to have that incredible voice. Well, (laughs) I think it was just, I just did a lot of singing and, you know, because I worked as a singer, um, and actually, when you work as a backing vocalist, it teaches you an enormous amount about your your singing voice because you have to be able to do quiet, you have to be able to do loud, you have to be able to do breathy, you have to be able to do clean. So by the time I got to actually releasing a record, I'd already been singing professionally for a long time. And that was, I think that really shaped my voice. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So who wrote the song Stop? I did with um, a chap from Los Angeles called Greg Sutton and uh, another chap called Bruce Brody. Um, and I wrote with Greg a lot and we, we co-wrote a lot of songs. He's a fantastic singer-songwriter out in LA and he does loads of professional songwriting. So, yeah, my publishing company sent me out there when I was 19. So I was very lucky and I wrote with lots of different people. So Stop was a product of that trip. Yes. And so then what happened after that? Um, Gosh, I did PR for Stop for three years, which was 
it was hard work. It was a lot of travelling, um, a lot of interviews and photo sessions and TV shows and, and radio shows, which I, I, I mean, I'm the sort of person, I, I enjoy everything I do, really, to be honest with you. I always think it's nice to meet people. But um, having said that, I did miss doing music. I, I didn't have time to write songs because in those days I only wrote on piano. So, um, you know, I couldn't write and I was travelling a lot and... Uh, so so that went on for about three years and then we did the second album and that took a bit of a, a turn musically because my brother was then very much part of the band and it became quite a heavy rock band almost you know and were you, um, were you pleased with that or did, yeah 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 well at the time I was looking back I think it probably wasn't as me as some of the later albums um, Typically, but, you know, your brother comes along and changes it all. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, Pete, Pete, and I co-produced "Stop" the album "Stop" um, because we both worked in the studio a lot, and he's got a massive amount of experience in the studio, and um, he's a very strong personality. And I'm, whilst I think I'm quite a strong personality, I'm also quite easygoing. I'm quite philosophical about things. So if he'd say, no, 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 it should definitely be like this, I'd just go, oh, all right, then fine. Yeah. You know, that's okay. So I'm just, um, I think the dynamic, we had great fun and I think we made some great records and we're still making great records together because he's, he's mixed the new album, so. So when you mentioned those three years that you didn't write for because you were sort of doing the PR, do you think that uh, is a shame really that you, you wish you'd be able to write in that time? Um, I think that is the that is the dilemma of you know commerce versus art, isn't it? You know, it has to be, and which I'm realising now, and certainly have realised since, is that you, you know, I'm not particularly ambitiously owner. I sort of once I've made the album, that's that's where the thrill is for me is creating and making the music. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think because I now can't sing, it puts a very different slant on it, and I. I've always been interested in the way people look um, and the way I look. Um, But when I very first started, um, I actually wasn't very confident. I had all these ideas, but I wasn't very confident. So that's built over the years. Um, And so, yes, I missed doing the music. But on the other hand, I learned a lot as well about marketing. Now, you mentioned there, you said you can't sing. Tell us what happened in 2007. Um, well, it was about, I was on tour with Jules Holland, um, and it was actually about the first time I started noticing problems was the middle of 2006. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to just kind of push my voice up to the note, which is something I've never, I've never really had to think about pitching at all. So I've just sung and it comes out and it's in tune. So we were doing a corporate gig in London and, um, and I was singing and I was thinking, oh, this feels a bit strange. Um, but I also was in the middle of a marriage breakup and things were very difficult. I was commuting from Scotland, sort of north of Edinburgh, to tour, and we were doing sort of 150 to 200 gigs a year, and I had two small children. So I think I'd probably <laughs> possibly heaped slightly too much onto my <laughs> plate. And I just started to sort of crumble a bit, I think. Um, and that was the first time I noticed a problem. And then by the end of 2006, I'd done a tour with my dad, which was vocally disastrous. 
And at the beginning of 2007, I just cancelled all my work that I had in. I just couldn't sing in tune. Um, And I've never got to the bottom of what it is. And I think it's probably a mix of, you know, emotional and physical. I I still don't know. And I have tried. (laughs) Yeah, so you were going through all that stress. So at the time you would have said, oh, it's to do with the stress. Um, But obviously that was a long time ago now and you haven't got to the solution of the problem. No, no, I haven't. Um, So your voice, I mean, I can hear you talking, obviously, and you've still got a beautiful tone to your voice, but what happens then? You just can't actually hit the notes. Um, I can't sing in tune. So what happens is if I imagine a note in my head and try to hit it, it just will not get there. So the, the technical explanation is that I can't get pitch and closure of the vocal folds at the same time. Right. Okay. I, so I could, so I could sing a high note. So I could go ha ha like that, but I couldn't get a clean tone on it, so that I could actually extend that note. Wow. So how frustrating was that for you? It's pretty frustrating. I mean, I, I think I, you know, I had two young children and I was on my own. So you, you know, you have to move forwards, don't you? You can't just stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main thing was that they were happy. And and that I found a different way of earning money, and that was the tricky bit. Now I'm I'm lucky because I've written, I wrote stop, and I've written a lot of songs, so I have a small royalty income, which uh, has kept me going. Um, but you know that was the difficulty was finding a new job. What which, was your new career? Well, my new job since 2010 is teaching the ukulele. Oh wow. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Oh, well, did you not know that? Well, <laughs> I didn't read that bit. Sorry. It's oh, all right. Wow. Okay. So you're teaching the ukulele. Okay. So that that's from 2010. So it took you a couple of years to sort of adjust and find something new. Uh, but then what happened in 2020 and lockdown? Ah, uh, now, uh, so basically I all of a sudden had time. Um, on my hands which was lovely I think the same for everybody really we all had a bit of extra headspace didn't we you yeah know? Um, and my friend Danny Shogger who I've known since I was 15 um, got in touch and we had a chat and he said well why don't we do some writing because we've, we've always written together I said well okay we'll give it a go um, I had a few ideas and I'd started to write instrumental electronica pieces um, so we did and we the first couple were a bit rubbish (laughs) got got put in the bin later on um but as we went along I just I was just really enjoying writing again and then I think the turning point was when I started to because we obviously we were he was doing his recording at his house and I was doing my recording at my house all online so everything was online um and I decided to put my vocals into auto-tune and when I did that, it just really came together. I think because it was a le- sort of it's slightly electronica sound um, and the tuned vocals, it just all of a sudden really worked. And it was like, actually, this is something that we could release, you know. So you've basically made an album using a computer program to put the voice that you already have in tune. Exactly right. Wow. That's so clever. I mean, I've actually listened to this album and there's a new single called Doll, which is fantastic. And a couple of other tracks I really like on there. I like the one called The Story. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so it is a mixture of different genres, isn't it? How would you describe the album? Oh, gosh. Um, it's, uh, I would say it's 80s electronica um, 
synthesized music. I mean, I don't think there's anything real I on know. the album. I couldn't, I couldn't sort of label it really. And your voice is kind of a little bit electronic in places, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cause, because so what happened is uh, in the auto tune program I use, which is called Melodyne. Um, I hope they're listening at Melodyne. <laughs> um, uh, you can move everything about, so I could I can sing. So, for instance, uh, it was really good because one of the songs is called Showgirl, and I can't actually sing the melody in tune because it's very up and down. So what I did was I sang it all on one note and then moved the notes to where they should be. Oh wow! Yeah, so I did that, and then and also that what you can also do is you can copy it. So you do one track of vocal, and then you put it into the melodyne, and then you move that to the harmony, and then you record that onto another track. So you're you're tracking up your vocals, if you see what I mean. It's so clever, isn't it? It really is. I, I mean, I you know, I, obviously, a lot of it comes from analog work so when you do backing vocals if you do them yourself you that's what you would do you would have one voice and then you'd add another voice to it and then another voice all on different tracks yeah. and that's how you multi-track your own vocals so yeah I mean it's been it was, it was a real revelation and and what was great about it was it really helped me to uh, just be creative again and you know I'd sort of really put that on hold and put it aside because I couldn't face not being able to sing you know yeah, so this has given you a new lease of life, has it? Yes, definitely. So the album is called Number Eight, and is that out now? It's out now. Um, <laughs> um, I was going to say, if you want it signed, you can buy it through my um, website, which is misssambrown.com. But if you are not in the UK um, at the moment, we don't have any, you can't post things abroad at the moment. So, okay. Uh, yeah, that's on hold. Otherwise, you can get it on Amazon and it'll be cheaper, certainly, than my website. And you can get it on at HMV as well, I believe. Oh, cool. I'm writing all this down. So misssambrown.com if you want a signed version. But otherwise, go to Amazon, you're suggesting. Amazon or HMV. Or HMV. OK, that's brilliant. Well, it's just so lovely to catch up with you and hear what's gone on since I've been listening to your record all those years ago um, <laughs> and still play on the radio to this day. Um, oh, and, wow. Yeah. What a fascinating <laughs> time you've had over the last few decades, really. It, it certainly has been. <laughs> I certainly would never have guessed what was going to happen. No. I mean, it's just, you know, you've come out the other side, you've managed to bring out this new album, so it's ended in a really good way. Um, and hopefully more albums to come well I, I i really hope so and i've i've enjoyed i really have enjoyed all of it you know i've enjoyed the journey if you like yeah that's the main thing isn't it so if you do have downtimes it's it's still part of your journey isn't it yeah and everyone has downtimes and you just have to find the right way through it it yes. just took me a while <laughs> yeah well that's great okay well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast sam it's lovely to speak to you leona thank you I am sitting in what we like to affectionately call the beast. I had one of these a few years ago, but it's been seriously upgraded and it feels bigger than when I had it before. It's just fantastic. I love being so high up. Massive fat tyres, which means if you're pulling up on a kerb or something like that, everything's just easy. You just, just drive over everything. What it is, is a Hilux Invincible X double cab 2.8 auto in Dekuma Grey. Price? £38,000 excluding VAT so it's quite pricey but then everything is pricey now in terms of cars um, this has got the hard top at the back so you can have it like an open truck or with the hard top cover which comes in at just under £3,000 
I drove this to Birmingham back last weekend for the motorcycle live show and it was just really wonderful to drive up the motorway. You feel in charge of the vehicle, you can see miles ahead for the traffic because you're high up and you just feel safer. In terms of the tech, there is a screen, a 4.2 inch multi-information display. Only thing I'd say about this is it I would design it a little bit higher up because it's quite low down on the dash here and so you are taking your eyes off the road quite a lot looking down at the screen. Um, and the map technology is a little bit outdated. Other than that, it's really good. You can connect up your phone quite easily. Uh, you've got all the DAB digital radio stations and volume controls and everything on the steering wheel as well as on the actual screen itself. This has got heated seats, which are beautiful. Had them on all the way to Birmingham. Plenty of storage for your drinks holders because of course this is a truck. It's a working vehicle, it's a commercial vehicle. So, you know, you builders, you're gonna need somewhere to put your drinks, cups of tea and, and bottles of water, that kind of thing. I mean, yes, we use it as a family car as well. I originally had one because, you know, I was a DJ playing gigs, I still am, but has all the equipment in the back. But we also had a massive dog at the time, a bull mastiff, and he used to sit in the back and all of us lot in the luxurious cabin area. So it's a crew van. If I had the money for one of these, yes, I would absolutely buy another one. I love it. It's diesel, um, but it does comply to, I think, the ULES regulations because new di diesels do now. It is a really long vehicle, but the wheels fit in the average car parking space. So if the long boot section is overhanging, well, that's just tough. It legally fits in a space. It does have a rear parking camera, which is absolutely essential these days, especially with something this long. Let's start it up. Listen to this handbrake. Let's do that again. Beautiful sound, a proper handbrake. Let's have a listen to the engine. Nought to 62 in 10.7 seconds. Insurance group 45D. It's got a payload in kilograms of 1,010 kilograms, which is something you'd need to know if you were getting this for tax reasons. There's certain tax brackets, certain payloads you need to take note of. But without doubt, the best part of this truck for me, especially when I was on the road to Birmingham, is the nine speaker JBL premium sound system. There's four just in this dashboard area. The speakers are incredible. I had up to the max at 65 it goes up to and wow, the sound is incredible. You can have it at full pelt without any distortion and listen to your favorite music, like being in a nightclub, but inside a vehicle. This has to be the best sound system I've heard in a vehicle since I've been doing the rock and road pod. And as far as I can work out, those speakers come as standard. That's not an added extra, that is incredible. In fact, let's put absolute classic rock on now. Have a listen. Now, I cannot demonstrate it with that song. I can't demonstrate it just playing it to you down the podcast either. But please try one of these. If you're looking for a commercial vehicle crew van, get it just for the speaker system. Have a look at the photographs of this on Instagram at Rock and Road Pod. Rock and Road Pod. MCN London Motorcycle Show Special. 
Would you like to go to the MCN London Motorcycle Show this year? It's from the 17th to the 19th of February at London's XL. I went last year. It was absolutely fantastic. This year, there's loads of new features, including the Super Sprint. It is a fantastic day out, and you could be going for free. To enter the competition, I want you to answer this question. Can you name at least two motorcycle brands? Can you name at least two motorcycle brands? If so, drop me an email, rockandroadpod at gmail.com. That's rockandroadpod at gmail.com. Remember to include your full name, and I will let you know if you won the competition by the end of the weekend. That's the 12th of February at midnight on this Sunday evening. So, just name at least two motorcycle brands to win yourself a pair of tickets to the London Motorcycle Show, which is on the 17th to 19th of February. Pick one of those days that suits you you and it's open from 9am till 5pm and you can turn up anytime during those hours but if you want to win your tickets message me now rockandroadpod at gmail.com and I will pick a winner at random and joining me on my podcast I'm I'm just trying out (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying out a new co-host it's just a you know audition because I just really don't think it's going to work but please welcome Sasha Sasha Graham Hi. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I always feel like when I've been summed into the cupboard. Sorry, this is a studio. Studio. That it's like being taken to the headmaster's office. I feel like I've done something naughty. <laughs> Why do you feel like you've done something naughty? What have you done? Because you make me sit on the little stool in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite big enough for us to both sit comfortably. Yeah, so you are sitting a bit awkwardly. Um, so I just thought, you know nature of podcasts sometimes is people just chatting and I needed somebody to chat with because it's getting a bit boring just me chatting on my own. So I've roped you in. I've tried the kids. Harley just gives one word answers now that he's 13. And, uh, well, Dex is just so busy all the time with his clubs and activities. I never see him. So it's, it's you, last resort. Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I'm a last resort. So, first of all, let's talk about 2023 and uh, how the year's gone so far. So, um, we spent the whole of January doing a renovation. That's your cue to respond. Yes, oh, sorry. yes, Leona. Um, we've done. I'm actually staring at the back of Leona's head, so there is no cues. <laughs> <laughs> she just paused. That's an audible cue. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, I'm so with it, you know, with the lingo. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah, yeah, January went really fast, didn't it? And and slow at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like we're always doing a property up, doesn't it? Yeah, slow because it was just horrendous. I absolutely hated every moment of the renovation. And fast, why was it fast? Because it's already February. I suppose so. But you enjoyed the renovation more than me. Oh, I loved it. It is hard work and to keep costs down, we did do a lot of the labour and now I know why they call it labour. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard work. It was, it was. And um, I don't know, builders never take into the account that I'm only five foot and they fill these rubble bags right up to the top and they probably weigh more than me. So lugging them upstairs is always hard work. <laughs> I just got really angry having to go to Screwfix all the time because it was walking distance. In Brighton, you can't drive anywhere because it's impossible to park. 
Um, so I didn't actually have the car there most of the time. And his builder's van was parked as far away as Screwfix was I'd anyway. I'd like to point out that Screwfix is literally five minutes away from the house. Ten minutes. It's not. It's probably... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google map it now. It's a ten minute walk. <laughs> it's not a ten minute, <laughs> ten minute walk. walk. It's not. And you get a free coffee or tea when, when you get there. Oh, yeah. And on Tuesdays you get a donut. Wednesdays. A Wednesday you get a donut. So all the time. So we had Builder Gym there. Uh, this is a Brighton Rock house, this renovation. And we had Builder Gym there. And all the time, he doesn't at the beginning of the day think, right, this is what I need for the day. He'd go, right, uh, here's a list of things I need from Screwfix. So I'd walk all the way down there, walk all the way back with his bits and pieces. Half an hour later, he'd go, oh, I need this, this and this now. I'd have to go all the way back again. And this would go on several times in one day. I used to have steam coming up my ears. Like, Jim, can you not just tell me what you need at the beginning of the day? What's wrong with you? So when I went down and worked with Builder Jim, we went to the pub. <laughs> we, <laughs> we went out for pudding. <laughs> so that's the renovation. And the other thing that everybody wants to know about is Gary. Um, Gary the hamster. You um, initiated having this hamster in the house for Dexter. And I have to say, you are obsessed. You're constantly buying things for him. You've just bought some more stuff for Gary. Uh, what have you just bought now? I mean, for goodness sake, this creature's about five centimetres long. How much more can you buy for him? <laughs> I just got him some sand because he likes to bath in his sand. It's a part of his natural habitat, so he needs to have that in his little box. Um, what else did I get him? Some cocoa soil for him to dig in, and I got him some sprays. which he Cocoa could... soil? Hold on a minute. What is cocoa soil? It's like coconut soil. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what else did I get him? I got him some sprays. A plant pot? Why have you bought him a plant oh, pot? Oh, I got him a terracotta plant pot. Yes, so that he can, so I can put his cocoa soil in the plant pot. And then he can dig in the plant pot. And when, while he's digging, he can shorten his little nails on the terracotta pot because they're getting quite long. And obviously, if you've seen the size of his feet, you can't really file them down. Okay, so that's Gary. And I keep talking about Gary Cam. I am going to get one at some point. Uh, now, the next thing that me and you like to do is we like to go out when we're invited to various things. Most recently, we went to the Share Show at Wimbledon Theatre. What did you think of that? Oh, I just love Wimbledon Theatre and the Share Show was brilliant. Really, really good. The singers are just amazing and it's within walking distance to our house, which is so convenient as it's so expensive to park in Wimbledon. Oh, my goodness. We, we can't pick more worse places to live. Wimbledon and Brighton, they're very anti-car. And they love to... I mean, in Brighton, for example, you have to pay seven days a week to park, if the permit, permit from 9am yeah. to 8pm, seven days a week. And in Wimbledon, anywhere near the theatre, you've got to pay until 11pm. I know, and so many people get caught out because there are people from out of town, they park outside and they park on the yellow line because they think, obviously, you know, normal... Six, after, normally after six thirty, yeah. you're good to park, and then you come out, and there's loads of these little yellow tickets everywhere because you have to park until eleven o'clock, and then everywhere else it's like four pounds an hour. You know, you're going to be gone for a few hours. A lot of people come up and go out for meals and have drinks afterwards. You know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. So, um, yeah, so we saw saw the share show. We haven't actually got anything else booked in for the foreseeable future. So oh, I can sort that out. I'm sure we can go out somewhere eat somewhere. What have you something. got in mind? I don't know, anything. Let's go out. <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Leona. And that is the end of the Rock and Roll podcast this week. Please see all the accompanying photographs on Instagram at Rock and Road Pod. Remember to enter the competition to win a pair of tickets to the London Motorcycle Show by emailing me rockandroadpod at gmail.com. 
And as it's my podcast, I will have the last word on the distance between Brighton Rockhouse and Screwfix in Brighton. It is an eight-minute walk. I rest my case. Thank you for listening. I've got some exciting guests lined up for future episodes, including the Boo Radleys, former Sex Pistol Glenn Matlock, and even the one and only Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi. This is the Rock and Road Podcast. (laughs) 